Welcome to Voices and Innovation from GigaOM. I am Johnny Baltusberger, and this week we go back to our VP of Research, John Collins, as he speaks to Chris Yates from Platform.sh on the subject of DevOps. Chris, as we start, um, you could give us an introduction to, to yourself, uh, what your role is at Platform.sh, maybe a little bit about Platform.sh. I'm going to ask you all the questions straight up front here. Um, but most importantly, how you ended up uh, where you are. I mean, did you start as a developer? Did you? Um, what, what, what's your What's your background? Yeah, thanks, John. Um, yeah, I, I so I, I am the head of marketing globally at Platform.sh. Uh, and I am not really a marketer by trade nor training. Uh, so I've, I've done lots of different things in, in my career, uh, but I've, I've been primarily aligned around uh, in building products and building teams to, to, do, to ship product. Uh, so a long history of, of product management and engineering management. And uh, I have been uh, a developer in, in a variety of, of uh, industries and, and applications over the years as well, uh, from the newspaper industry to uh, NASA to uh, the software industry uh, for the last wow. 10 years, kind of flipping to the other side of the table. Uh, and now somehow I found myself uh, running marketing for uh, an organization focused on helping all of those those people that uh, were very much like myself um, in that, that prior uh, prior life. I have to say, my favorite marketers are ones that don't have a marketing background. <laughs> it's, 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 marketing should be uh, understanding what problems people are trying to solve and then solving them for them. And it's kind of, it, it starts really, and starts and ends really simple. It's when it, when it, when it all goes into gobbledygook. But that, it's fascinating that um, uh, your, your, your experience um, is actually around that, that kind of end user and from the, the the product perspective. I know there's a lot of discussions in DevOps at the moment around how we can move from processes to, to more product management oriented approaches. So that must be really speaking your language. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's marketing, I think is, is uh, very closely related with, with product management in, in that it's all about you know, kind of empathy for the end user and figuring out how to uh, improve their, their lives and their, their work. Mm -hmm. So we're here to talk about complexity. Um, I, I think um, that's the the, the generic problem that, that we're trying to solve. Um, but um, it's e easy easy term to, to talk about. I know platform.sh. Uh, the clues in the name. What you guys do? You, you're, you're delivering a, a platform of capabilities to to help your 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 audience and, and, and your customers. But when you speak to those organisations. Um, What's the what's the challenge that that they come to you with, uh, and, and how is that manifesting itself? And and uh, how do they kind of where, where's the real pain? What's keeping them asleep at night? What what our customers are challenged with is is really the the breadth of uh, kind of the the not only the technology, but also. Um, Kind of the process and people landscape that they're dealing with inside their organizations uh, as really the the 
number of touch points with their consumers, with their buyers, with their constituents has uh, multiplied over the years. Um, so organizations no longer run you know, one big website, one big application, or even a handful. Um, even small organizations like ours you know, have dozens of, of internal and external websites and web applications. And you, as you scale up to larger and larger organizations that, that we often deal with you know, universities, um, you know, large uh, life sciences organizations, consumer products companies, you can add you know, one or two orders of magnitude on, on top of that. Um, and it's, it's a global problem. Uh, so it, it's a um, technology challenge and, and technology and, and people are, are related directly to you know, how budgets are managed and things like that. Uh, it's a process challenge, uh, especially as you get into um, organizations that have high regulatory complexity like financial services and life sciences, mm -hmm. um, you know, where you, you have processes that just simply have to happen uh, regardless of whether, you know, you have a, a small application that you know, might be a microsite for uh, an ephemeral campaign or, you know, something that is at the, the core of uh, your interaction with, uh, with your market or uh, with the financial markets or, or other things. So there's a lot of, uh, this complexity that people are, are seeking solutions for at, at, a, at a variety of levels and, and have, um, you know, sometimes amassed scar tissue, if you will, uh, through the things that, that, you know, have, have not maybe worked as well. So they've gone down certain pathways to try to uh, homogenize their processes, homogenize their, their technology, um, and, you know, have, have run into challenges along the way doing so. Um, and, you know, have, shape their organization um, in some ways as a result of those challenges. I know that, uh, that a, lot of, a lot of the organizations that, that I speak to, that they never meant to end up with the kinds of environments that they've got today. And it's, um, uh, it's almost like the Sorcerer's Apprentice where uh, it, it is that easy. I mean, it, it, it's complicated, isn't it? Because that everyone's told to be agile, everyone's told to, to innovate, everyone's told to create new things as fast as possible and, and, and speed is king and so on and so forth. And you do that and you end up creating a new thing a week, let's say, as, a, as an organization. And all of those new things suddenly need managing. They've got dependencies between them. They've got different uh, pipelines and, and workflows in order to create them. They're... they're, they're uh, um, using different tool sets and uh, overall ending up with a massive amount of duplication potentially and uh, a, a lot of wasted energy going into just keeping the, the old phrase of keeping the lights on that was when there were only a few light bulbs but now it's like lot, lot, a thousand tiny lights uh, all of which are kind of popping left right and center so yeah, so, and a term we we often use is is uh, shadow IT, and, and often that's kind of a pejorative sort of sort of word, something that that you know the real IT organization wants to squash and and, uh, and control. But as you said, it's it's not shadow IT is not created out of uh, out of malice. It's created really because the you know the businesses need to solve, and the businesses within businesses, the larger organizations need to solve problems, and they have deadlines. They have to ship a product. They have to hit a goal uh, in the marketplace, they have to launch a campaign uh, and they, they simply need tools that allow them to do that. But, you know, you end up with, you know, creating 
some additional challenges in the organization in terms of you know, having to invest more to keep the lights on and all those, the, those points in your constellation, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but you also lose an opportunity. So uh, shadow IT is also, uh, and this, this propagation of solutions can also be an opportunity to uh, have innovation happen in your organization. But when the, that innovation isn't visible and it's not linked to anything else, uh, it really becomes difficult to take what's working well in one part of your organization uh, and multiply it across the, the organization as a whole and learn from those things and, and reapply those wins. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I've, I've always had a problem with the term shadow IT. Well, I don't have a problem with the term shadow IT. I have, I remember one of the first things that uh, someone said to me about shadow IT, which is we've got to stop it. Uh, yeah. Like, like the shadow, it's the bad. It's the, it, it, you know, it's always the, the othering of, um, of the world outside the IT department, like uh, all that, where all the bad things happen. And actually it, it's, it's a term used within IT to describe the fact that IT is no longer in control. And that's often for, for very, very good reasons, uh, as you illustrate. So you talk about this um, uh, the sort of uh, the, the fragmentation, this uh, uh, fragmentation, that's maybe too harsh a term, this diaspora of, of uh, websites, of applications, of, um, uh, of, of services that, that are spinning up left, left right and center. You, you explain it in terms of uh, the term fleets, um, which uh, makes me think of star fleets uh, back to the, uh, back to the, the lights flashing around. Um, so why don't you just talk us through what you mean by, by fleets and, and we, we can build on, on that concept. Yeah, we, we think of these things as a fleet uh, intentionally kind of taking that uh, that traditional definition from the things you might think of, whether it's, you know, the, uh, you know, a, a fleet of ships, whether they're, you know, in, in distant galaxies or, or they're in, you know, <laughs> on, on the ocean uh, or of, of trucks or of, uh, of cars or delivery vehicles. Um, you know, these are, are things that are, are managed uh, in aggregate and, you know, what, uh, what's important to in terms of when you switch to, to thinking about things as, as the fleet, you don't think quite as much about the, uh, the individual and you don't think about maintaining them as, as an individual asset or an individual entity. You think about you know, key values of, of the fleet um, in terms of that, that aggregate level and you address uh, you know, things like uh, you know, knowing where all of your assets are or uh, the maintenance of, of those assets uh, in a group rather than, you know, one by one. You're not, you're not managing the, the maintenance on, you know, uh, the tires on an individual uh, and making a purchasing decision for the tires on an individual bus. You're, you're making the decisions in, in bulk uh, across that, that fleet. So uh, that's why we think about we're, you know, the, this sort of uh, proliferation of apps and, and websites in a fleet context as well, because if you if you think about everything just individually, you manage them individually, you end up uh, accruing more uh, cost and spending more time uh, in the maintenance of those things. Uh, you're treating them all as one-offs. You might have to have different vendors and providers uh, at different layers of, of each individual stack that powers a certain app or a certain site. Um, and there's a lot of efficiency to be gained, obviously, by, by aggregating certain levels of that. Uh, but you're also, uh, if you're taking an approach that you would um, 
and uh, managing a fleet of, of vehicles, uh, you also get the that advantage that we were talking about earlier, which is the uh, the opportunity to to learn and, and innovate more. So uh, through that that visibility and, and understanding where everything is in the state of it, uh, you have that that opportunity to really be more agile as as a business uh, because you can reallocate things, you can reallocate people uh, much more easily uh, if you're looking at the whole picture than if you're looking at, at only a, a tiny portion of it. It's already a good start to, to, to think in terms of fleets. And I'm, I'm kind of imagining as you're talking that um, one of the, the key characteristics of a fleet that when you think, when you think about one figuratively is generally it's there's a, a level of uh, homogeneity around it you know there's similar trucks for example or it, that often if it's boats they're all kind of facing in the same direction and moving in the same way and that's uh, not necessarily uh, going to be the case um, so so it I, I'm assuming that you can't just say let's think of it as a fleet and that that'll that'll solve all the problems um, there, there must be more to it than that yeah, I think there is, you know, in organizations, there's there's kind of varying degrees of homogeneity. And, and I think that that it's really up to the organization to figure out what level of, of kind of standardization or, or at what level um, their fleet uh, can kind of share, you know, resources or processes or, or, or people. Um, some things are very much the same, you know. So if you you might have uh, you know a, a fleet of applications that look almost entirely alike, they're all nice and neat. Uh, you know, we change out the text on a uh, you know on a on a portal for different customers. For example, if we have a, a fleet of apps for uh, for all of our clients, the other end of that spectrum might be you know we have a composite of many different technologies uh, created in different eras for different purposes but still uh, we want to be aware of them and, and need something that allows us to um, keep them all running as kind of an interconnected whole um, and again keep them moving in the right direction but um, allow for the, those differences um, so you know it, it really Kind of moves to the idea of um, how you choose the right level of uh, of abstraction for your organization, and um, you know incorporate uh, you know the the best practices that you can apply uh, at the you know an individual application or individual site level, and multiply that uh, across uh, your fleet of applications. And um, so it, it's managing the fleet as a portfolio, if, if I may, um, but still having to bring in the notion of uh, the, comple the complexity isn't necessarily going to go away because that's what you want. Uh, you, you, you want a disparate, you, you want big solutions for big problems and small solutions for small problems and microsites and uh, uh, you know, uh, campaign oriented uh, um, sp specific uh, environments and, and, and so on. So what would you say um, you need as part of the, that portfolio management best practice? What, what would be the key characteristics? Well, we, I kind of look at it in the same way that you would, you would look at, say, a physical fleet and that there are, there are four qualities that, that, um, that you get from looking at any um, grouping of things as a fleet instead of individuals. You, as I've said, you get 
have, have the, the idea of visibility. So do I know where everything is? Do I know um, uh, that things exist? So um, you know, that's a, it's hard to misplace, uh, although I suppose you could misplace a plane or a, or a boat or a, uh, uh, a, a bus, but uh, it's very easy to misplace digital assets. So it's very easy to have, uh, websites, you know, running, you know, literally or metaphorically under desks, uh, which we, we see often in large and, and distributed organizations like uh, universities. Um, we also want to know the state that, that things are in. Uh, so you want to know in the digital world, are your, your applications patched? Are they updated? What's the general health uh, of, of those assets? Are they, are they ready to serve their purpose or not? Um, so in, in that sense, you know, do we know uh, where they are in their, in their development process? Uh, and do we know that, that they can scale to react to changes um, coming from the outside or the inside? Are they, are they ready to, to deal with new uh, customer demand or, or new threats, um, et cetera? And then we also want to understand the, and, and, and focus on the flexibility uh, of our assets as a whole. So much like you would reroute uh, you know, a, a, a bus within your transit system to, to deal with new need, um, can we do the same with your, uh, your underlying digital assets, your, your digital experience applications? Uh, can you exploit new uh, opportunities and address challenges? Can you say launch a new site or an application on demand? Um, or do you have to you know, have a, a long and drawn out process for uh, you know, reassigning applications or reassigning capacity to, to build new things uh, or go through a, a lengthy kind of procurement uh, or preparation process uh, as the case may be uh, in order to, to, to get out in front of new things. So in a sense, it's kind of, you know, taking a lot of the processes that uh, that we've looked at kind of on the, the individual level of like running one one you know, large or small application so that the DevOps process or best practices where, you know, really, if we boil DevOps down, the developer can build and launch and maintain things without huge dependencies uh, on others. Uh, and a lot of that comes from, from tooling. It's really about taking that up a level and allowing a team to build and launch and maintain many different things um, and have visibility into all of those things uh, without uh, you know, uh, deep dependencies uh, on other people and other teams. This, this does remind me of um, back in the day uh, when I, I was uh, uh, actually managing projects and, and the difference between project management and, port and, and program management, uh, didn't, don't want to use the term portfolio there again, essentially mm -hmm. it, it, it's that being able to manage multiple projects as a unit, but then being able to, what you can do at that point is set priorities across them and, uh, and understand, you know, the cost benefits across your entire estate as opposed to, of projects, as, as opposed to just trying to deal with, with the specifics of each one. And um, the, I guess the big change, the big difference is, is that very first thing that you talked about, which is visibility. It, it's um, if you do have 5,000 uh, sites, applications, etc., cetera, um, or, or more, uh, many of them are going to be completely outside of anyone's, of anyone's knowledge. And it, it, it's that old question of whether or not anyone's still using them. Uh, are they adding business value, et cetera, et cetera. 
is, is that is that the hardest nut to to crack out out of your list there, or, or are they all equal? I think that's one of the things that scares people the most. Um, you know, I think there are a variety of challenges, but that one in particular of not knowing uh, where things are or, or even that they exist or, or what their level of criticality is or, or whether they're connected to other things, uh, you know, in, in a dependency chain, uh, you know, causes a, a, a great deal of heartburn because you know, back to the, the servers under the desk sort of situation, uh, mm -hmm. that server may be doing something, it might have been chugging away doing something important for years uh, that's critical in a critical path of, of other uh, applications or business processes, but it also represents, uh, you know, a, a potential risk to the organization, no matter how small it is, uh, you know, even if it's a, an individual site, if it's on the, the main.com or the main.edu uh, you know, domain, uh, or it's connected in with critical you know, identity or, or other data management systems. It represents a risk if, uh, uh, if there was a, a breach uh, of that particular application. It, it can represent um, a breach of the, the entire organization or you know, potential for damage to the brand. So having that, um, that visibility is, uh, is kind of one of the riskiest bits, but uh, I think that it's, it's equally important to be able to uh, you know, have flexible and, and agile platforms uh, that can adapt to your you know, changing uh, business environment. So, you know, whether those are new opportunities you want to go after or new challenges that either the, the market or, or general conditions or uh, anything else is, is put upon you, um, you know, being stuck in whether it's you know, a technology model or a cost model or a process model that, that binds you to a particular way of doing things uh, uh, really puts you on your, on the back foot organizationally. So it, it, it's kind of, if I was to put it in layman's terms, I'm thinking you've got to find it, you've got to de-risk it, you've got to prepare it, and then you can start building on top of it uh, in, in, in terms of your, your different things. So the, each, each one's building on on another, uh, which which makes it it's it's easy on these podcasts, isn't it, to to kind of work out that you know sol solve all the problems <laughs> in the world. Um, but you're you're out there working for with with, with organisations that that are actually looking to, to to deal with their their fleets of uh, of websites of, of applications and so on, and you're you're helping them uh, c cover those four bases. So, what have you learned uh, in in terms of what the options are? Uh, ar around delivering uh, on um, bet better managed fleets um, to your term fleet ops uh, and uh, is, is, is there one solution that fits everything or, or are there multiple options? Uh, yeah, I, I think the solution is, you know, it, it depends and, and we see we see a spectrum of, of <laughs> Have solutions. you thought of being an analyst? <laughs> uh, maybe in my maybe in my next career we'll, we'll try that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there's a spectrum of, of, of choices that, that you can, and, and paths that you can take, um, you know, and, and the, the polar extremes of those are, you know, kind of related to the, the level of, of uniformity uh, and the, the level of abstraction. And sometimes the, you know, the, uh, we, the, the ability of the organization um, to, uh, align and homogenize itself. On, on the one hand, you have you know, kind of the, the standardization um, 
really at, at you know what what I've heard called the practitioner level, so the kind of the the creators and, and curators of these digital experiences that serve the the end customer directly. So whether you know, that might you might be a marketer, an author, an editor, a merchandiser, uh, uh, what have you, depending on on what uh, what particular type of, of organization or, or application you're managing. But it's really the, these you think of kind of the end user uh, digital experience suite. So buy a single single suite that does all the things from end to end. Uh, and implement that across your organization. So that's that's one layer of uh, of abstraction is really to say we're we're going to use something that that solves all the problems from from end to end, uh, and it's going to be kind of a, a single, more or less single vendor uh, to do that. Whether it's you know uh, large sites, small sites, or everything in our fleet, um, you know, but that that can be challenging because it's you know, it, it's hard to achieve that that level of uh, of alignment, um, mm. and you know, there there are certainly considerations around appropriateness uh, uh, at each level. The, there's, the yeah, there's a lot of that, there's a lot of assumptions built yeah. in there, isn't there, around uh, uh, the technical ability to 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 migrate stuff and and uh, the non technical ability to to get people on board. There's, um, there's there's a lot of hidden costs involved, I'm sure. Yeah, and costs and challenges because it's it's not just you know technology isn't is often not about technology, but it's it's about people and and uh, uh -huh. you know and culture and, and sometimes politics within organizations. So um, and it's it's also about time. Um, so you know, getting getting all of the people on board and getting all of the, everything, uh, you know, everybody aligned behind a, a large scale organization change, organizational change where everything will. Uh, uh, you know, move from one thing to another uh, can be very difficult, which is sometimes why organizations choose to, to go to the very opposite extreme, which is, you know, standardized at the very lowest level and, you know, choose uh, kind of an infrastructure platform. So an infrastructure is a service with, with a collection of, of primitives and then, you know, let the, the, the teams, the, whether they're business units or their brands or their departments or, or however, however your organization is, is uh, laid out, uh, let them build a, a, upon that uh, kind of really low level framework. And, and that, gives, that gives them effectively exactly what they want. Um, so you, know, you can build just about anything from the, the right uh, uh, bin of, of bricks, um, but then you know, the, the counterpoint to that is, is you're, you're kind of rebuilding uh, you know, old, uh, upon the same sorts of old methodologies that, that you had just, you know, and, and maybe something that you would consider more cloud native because you're using a, 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 an infrastructure as a service player as, as that underlying substrate that you're, you're building on. Um, so it gives, and, gives you a lot of, of, of diversity, but, uh, uh, mm -hmm. you know, puts, puts the, the onus on those teams for managing all of the components. And would that be from a, a single cloud provider, for example? Is, is it like you can do what you like, but it, it, we're, we're all going to do it from the same provider? That's what we've seen most of the time. Uh, and, you know, it, and it tends to be related to cost in two dimensions. One is you know, if, if you consolidate uh, into that single IaaS provider, then you 
uh, you know, obviously gain economies of scale uh, just through through the contractual relationships you, you have and, and bulk purchasing. The other is is kind of the the the, the adaptation adaptations you have to make to use those proprietary cloud native services. So to use the specific vendors flavor of you know uh, object storage or relational databases or all the other things. Uh, it requires investment. So you have to train and, and hire for uh, you know, people that know how to, to kind of knit those solutions together within the context of that specific uh, vendor's platform. And, and those, those skills are not always uh, easily transitioned and the processes aren't easily transitioned to others. Mm -hmm. Nothing to add, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, you know, the, there's a third option. It's kind of the the middle road. It's it's uh, it's the interconnected uh, sort of option, which is you know it's between those those two extremes, um, and that's where you know where we see um, you know our, the our customers and, and the people that we talk to in the marketplace coming from is is not not really one of uh, of kind of complete uniformity in the shape and the size of their applications or the teams that need to manage it or the budgets they've assigned to uh, different components within their fleet. So in a sense, I, I was kind of talking earlier to the, the idea of, of interconnectedness and, and the mixture of old and new. Um, you know, we, we are seeing these fleets be more uh, composite in nature and, um, you know, there may be a mixture of, you know, old apps uh, that have been running for years and, and just need a, a new home to, you know, a new, new fleet of, uh, of things that are uh, you know, built entirely out of uh, microservices and, and decoupled architecture with you know, a combination of Jamstack and headless CMSs and, and those sorts of things. So being able to uh, manage the right level of, of abstraction and, and right level of platform becomes really important. So can, can you find a, a place where um, you can manage that organizational diversity, that technology diversity, and you know, the budget diversity? So there, you know, there are, are reasons to use uh, you know, a, a more expensive uh, or uh, a more labor intensive uh, architecture or process for certain use cases within your organization. And there are, are use cases for moving quickly, being able to spin up, say, a new Gatsby or Hugo site in, in days uh, and have it running on a minimal infrastructure uh, because you're, you're basically making the process and the, um, and the tooling fit the, uh, you know, the, the criticality uh, uh, and the speed to market demands uh, of that particular uh, you know, business unit or, or department or, or campaign or initiative. So we've got the, those three choices. We've got, um, you can either make it all homogenous, like everyone's going to use this. Everyone's going to use this uh, uh, suite and um, it, it, it just whatever you're doing, use, use this, which may be an option for, for some organizations who, who are able to uh, impose that level of control. And it may also be an option for parts of organizations who say, right, everything, on the customer facing side is going to be based on, on, on the, on the same platform. Uh, um, uh, uh, and then you've got the choice of, uh, going for the infrastructure. So we're all going to go to that cloud provider 
and once you're there you get you know it, it, it's like the um it's like the, the the sandbox you can you you've got all these tools to play with and you can use what you like but at least we've got it all in one place so that could be that gives you maximum flexibility but it also then potentially doesn't solve uh all of the problems because you you just uh, recreate what you had before um from a single place and then we've got this third option somewhere in the middle which is uh so we're fixing one set of tools and services, um, but then it's flexible enough to give uh, uh, multiple options for, for the different parts of the organization, but it's not um, so flexible that uh, anything goes and um, people can uh, uh, recreate uh, complexity uh, uh, in, in the same way as they had already. Is that a fair summary? What did I miss? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really about ensuring that you are you, you're not just sending uh, the organization back to the situation that you tried to get out of, which is you know on the one hand, if you're you're imposing a a one size fits all sort of uh, end user platform or D DX suite, uh, it's not going to fit everybody's budget desires or timelines. So people are going to go find their own solutions and, and kind of create this, this pockets of... Uh, uh, At which point you're back where you started. Back yeah. to the shadow IT uh, end mm -hmm. of things. And on the other hand, you are, uh, you know, if you don't have any sort of uh, higher level primitives around uh, uh, in managing how, how those applications are built and, and uh, um, you don't have the, the tools built in to uh, ensure the, the visibility and to make sure that things are being updated uh, in mass and being patched and you know the, the state of, of all your apps. Uh, if you're just building on kind of the lowest level substrate, you're, you're also creating lots of pockets of, uh, uh, of things without uniformity that either you, you don't under, you won't be able to um, you know, mitigate the, the risks, whether they're kind of brand risks or security or compliance risks, or kind of multiply that, uh, uh, that innovation that's happening out, out in, within those uh, smaller parts of your organization uh -huh. uh, across the organization as a whole. I mean, it, it kind of suggests that complexity will out, you know, it's like um, uh, whack-a-mole, isn't it? Um, that's if you try and constrain too much, I, I know my temptation as a, as an IT manager uh, would, would have been at one point to, to lock people into something that I could control better. But I, I can see how that's, uh, I, I'm never going to win. I'd be like King Canute on that. The, the sea's going to come in whichever way, whichever way I try to stop it. So given the fact we, we've got these three choices, um, uh, and you know, there isn't, there isn't one hard answer in that. I can see how you might almost want a, a combination uh, of even those three choices for, for the organization, but where where would you start in terms of um, how an organization can help itself uh, to uh, start to address its com uh, website and application complexity issues and um, and actually then make the right choices for the future? Yeah, I think the first step is really to to understand your your current situation, um, and, and it's not just about you know, what, what technologies do I have in place and, and what is my, my manifest uh, of, of you know, sites and, and apps, all my assets, but uh, also how, how do my teams look and how do my processes look? Um, 
you know, so it's, it's about, you know, at least getting that, that point in time understanding of, uh, of, and visibility uh, across your entire fleet, uh, but also understand who the, the players are. And, uh, uh, you know, these are human problems. So, you know, our, you know, we're purchasing decisions, we're management decisions made by certain parts of the organization or certain groups or certain business units. Um, you know, understand what those motivations were and concerns were. Uh, understand the, the, the differences in, in processes, say, between different departments. Uh, you know, do they have uh, different time or, or regulatory pressures, for example? Um, I think that having that that overall picture, that that audit um, of you know where where people are, are they internal to the organization, are they external? Do they work at let's say agencies or systems integrators that you partner with? Are there different relationships depending on geography, et cetera? Is, is really the key to you know kind of being able to to make decisions about how you um, how you organize the, your fleet and and what kind of level of abstraction you choose. The second part is really about classifying. So are there ways that you can group uh, things together or how does the organization group things together in a natural way? Are they, is it a departmental level of alignment or can you recognize patterns in process and technology? Do you have you know, uh, e-commerce applications that are spread across many different uh, parts of your organization but could be, uh, could benefit from uh, more unification in terms of uh, you know their their technology or or process approach. I was going to say yeah. I, I think there could be yeah. a, an aspirational element to this as well, where even in the audit and and across the classification, you're also understanding what it is that people need in the future and 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 what they would do uh, if they weren't locked into into their existing environments and you know, where where they're trying to go as a business. Um, so, so, so you're you're actually able to to do a needs analysis and and uh, start to build in some of those things. It doesn't all need to be negative, I guess, is what I'm saying. No, it's it's absolutely a, an opportunity to move the organization forward, and and you know, for you know individuals that may be um, looking to kind of move to this sort of fleet ops based approach, it's it's an organization to you know create uh, an opportunity rather for. Uh, for them to, to create uh, greater opportunity within their organization and you know, create uh, you know, more innovation within that, that organization and multiply that, that, or, that, that innovation across different places. So getting more people on the same page uh, you know, has, has a win at the organizational level and it also it's potentially at the individual level. Mm -hmm. And sorry, I, I, I cut across you. So that, that there's, there's a third there's a third element here. Oh, you know, the other, the other thing that I think that, that is important to understand when you're, you're looking at that, that kind of audit of, of process and audit of, of kind of application types, what exists in your fleet is really thinking about the, uh, the impact of, of timeline. Um, you know, when you're, if you're, you're choosing between these, you know, levels of, of abstraction or, or um, uh, you know, how, 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 much you can push towards a one-size-fits-all solution. You have to look at, at kind of two two timeline and, and time is related to cost, obviously, aspects. Uh, one is kind of like what I would call like the day two uh, time frame. Like so, how long does it take you to get to the 
the second day in operation when you have the you've got one application running and now you've got to get the rest of your fleet moved over to this this new paradigm um, you know is that is that something that you know is day two the second the second day after you signed uh, signed a contract or started a, an initiative or is it you know, nine months or two years spending <laughs> spent building the underlying infrastructure to do so. That's the first block of time. And then the second block is how long does it take me to get um, to 100%? So that, that kind of mixed mode uh, or mixed operation time uh, has a massive impact uh, on cost and on, uh, on workload for different people and on, on achieving the end goals, which we're really getting to the, you know, the visibility, the, the, the scalability, the readiness, uh, this understanding of state and flexibility. If you're operating still, you know, 12 platforms instead of one for the next two years, then you're not reaping all of the, the benefits of this, this project. So how long does it actually take to do that, that migration, um, you know, from, from the original state to the end state, in addition to how long does it take to get started? Mm, and I, I think it's a hugely important point that you made uh, before. It, it, you've almost got a, a window of opportunity here of if you if you do things too slow or you do things too fast but uh, too restrictively, then you're not actually going to solve the problem. The problem, the shadow IT uh, uh, challenge will 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 re reemerge because because you, you, you've just uh, imposed something that, that was impossible on the organization, which isn't going to, to, to take that. So, I mean, that, that, that's all great. So you, you start by understanding again and, and, and uh, um, seeing where, where the needs are and what patterns emerge in that, and then how to actually implement that, uh, put, it, put it into a plan, uh, like, you know, just good, good, good old project management uh, uh, principle of, of actually understanding uh, the cost benefit and, and prioritization around that. So, um, so great. We've, we've got a situation where we've got our organizations uh, aligned, that they've got ways that they could be getting on top of uh, their, 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 their challenges. But when, when you've spoken to organizations, I'm, I'm thinking how, how to do this, but um, quick fire maybe. So, what what would be your your top three uh, things that people could do from this point to um, to, to to take themselves forward into into the future? Uh, how how to make sure that uh, Fleet Ops is is a resounding success and uh, the organisation will benefit from it? Yeah, I think it all focuses on creating a a win win situation. So you know, traditionally, that's kind of a win between you know the quote the business and the IT organization, but obviously you you, know, you, you have different players uh, uh, that have have stakes in, in this sort of organizational change. But it's really key to you know giving everybody uh, uh, a win, fo focusing on a balance of you know the right uh, 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 pivot point between freedom and, and control. Um, you know, so you're you're lim you're limiting risks, but you're also uncovering opportunities and you're giving people the, the ability to just get their stuff done. So you're 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 staying down that, that middle path versus uh, pushing people to the extremes, which, which kind of pushes us back to the old way of, of working and, and the, the shadow IT problem, et cetera. Um, and then it's really, I, I think you have to understand how your, your organization makes decisions and, and make sure that you're, you're bringing in key points, as we were saying around uh, time and cost considerations about how realistic it is to 
go to the extreme of, of kind of digital experience unification? Can we, can we just buy one thing or, or adopt one thing to solve all our problems? Is that, uh, is that practical from a technical uh, and, and feature uh, standpoint? Uh, is it practical uh, from a, a migration standpoint? Uh, and do we, you know, do we have the, the, the ability to stand up everything that needs to sit beneath that to support our, our range of, of applications? So, you know, understanding whether you, your organization can make those kind of very centralized uh, decisions to get everybody on the same page and choose one thing to, to rule them all uh, at the, the practitioner level, or, you know, if you have to be uh, more flexible and, and allow business units or, or brands to go their own way, uh, on a, a you know a platform that sits somewhere in, in the middle, um, and then understand you know uh, uh, the the biggest advice is really to to find something that's going to help you make you future proof. So um, adopt tools that are are going to allow you to reuse innovation and and be ready for what's next, even if you if you don't know what that's going to be. Whether it's you know, new business opportunities, new new technology um, emerging. Um, are you going to be able to incorporate that into your fleet and uh, improve the, uh, you know, the experience or the efficiency or the process or the security across the board by adding those things in? Or is that, does that you know, change in, in technology or, or market uh, you know, represent some, you know, another uh, forklift uh, sort of operation that you're going to have to commit to to, to move the whole, uh, hopefully, to something else in the future? Uh-huh. I mean, we've all we've all been there, and uh, wouldn't it be great if, um, as we're moving forward, uh, we we could uh, start start to see the forklifting of uh, old old solutions uh, be something that we move into the past? Uh, and it does strike me that it's all about um, when you say you know give everyone a win, but it, it's all about getting this balance between between flexibility and control. And I know on uh, other podcasts that the theme of empowerment's come out really really strongly. Um, so yes, make it centralized, but also enable uh, parts of the organization to 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 be creative, to be innovative, and, and uh, without without undue restriction. So I mean, thank you so much for for for, for joining me, Chris. And and it, have you got any last single pithy thoughts that uh, that that we can leave people? I mean, feel free to say you've you've said it all already. But if there was one thing that uh, you could leave people with that would just um, be, if you want to start, start from here. What what would that be? Well, I, you know, I, just to to expand on on what you just said, it's um, I, I think the key opportunity as you're moving into uh, a fleet ops. Uh, view uh, of this application management space is that it really has the opportunity to recast, um, you know, the, the role of IT, uh, you know, in terms of, of really being the, the partners and the, the drivers of, of, of innovation for the, the business. So they are, uh, you know, you're able to deliver uh, you know, the flexibility uh, that the businesses demand, you're able to help them meet their deadlines, uh, you know, create great, great campaigns, uh, choose the right technologies, choose the teams they want to work with, their, you know, use their, their local and regional partners, uh, all in ways that, you know, keep, uh, you know, also will uh, 
achieve their kind of traditional goals in terms of, of managing cost and managing uh, compliance and security and uh, you know, the, the readiness of, of the, the applications across an organization. I, I think this really is um, you know, about creating a, a, a much tighter bond between um, you know, stakeholder groups within organizations uh, and you know, in, in a sense kind of making the, the IT organizations heroes of, of the business. Awesome. So, well, thank you so much, Chris. Uh, Chris Yates from Platform.sh for, for, for joining me on this podcast. Uh, you, you people out there, um, you people out there, uh, anyone that's listening, uh, you know where to find us. Uh, that would be uh, if you've got any feedback, any questions uh, you want to ask of Chris, of myself, then uh, engage with us on, on all the usual social channels and, uh, and do tune in next time. But uh, just remains for me to say thanks once again, Chris, for, for joining me. Thanks so much, John. I hope you all enjoyed that interview between VP of Research John Collins and Chris Yates from Platform.sh. For more content like this and all the information you could hope for on DevOps, please go to gigohm.com where you can buy a single report or subscribe and have access to our entire library. For all your future forward advice on IT and tech, gigaohm.com is really the best place to go. For GigaOhm, I am Johnny Baldersberger, and this has been Voices in Innovation. Just listen.